Hang Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. So you're listening to Blooming Out, one of the nation's longest-running radio shows dedicated to covering news, personalities, and life from the LGBTIQ experience. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. Yay! Hey, hi, everybody. It's so good to see all of you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a month, and I think it might have been a month. I think it's been a month. I'm so sorry. Gosh. <laughs> well, hi. let's... Glad we can all be together now. Absolutely. Let's yes. pop the champagne. Lovely to see all yes. faces. Oh, yes. What is everybody doing for New Year's? Uh, I'll be sitting he- where I am now In the and bathroom? drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's convenient. Here's a George Thurgood song about that. Be like, oh, yes. Okay. I, will be, I will be in my bathroom office <laughs> in my bunker. Office uh, barbecue. Barbecue office. We are making lots of barbecue in here because my toilet is a barbecue grill <laughs> and in the next showcase showdown show it to him it's a barbecue toilet grill this airbnb oh my gosh i think we've already already hit the uh hit the bubbly well actually not really no this is just you on a normal day this is just me on a normal day you're effervescent yourself. Yeah. They've called Justin that, and I think it's catching. <laughs> you call well, all boys Justin that. is that. Look at his shirt. <laughs> no. That's a That's great, great shirt. shirt. Thank you. It's, it's sort of sparkly. I thought it was New Year's. and um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's a disco shirt. It is. It's a disco shirt. Absolutely. It's I'm great. just I noticing the sparkle, and I love it. Very cute. Actually, I think I can see a... There's Orion. And- yeah, I, was say, <laughs> I think it is actually the constellation or something. It's it's fun. I like it. I'm jealous now. <laughs> I want to put those sparklies on my hoodie. Um, Sparkles are always a good thing. And they make you feel good and they make you feel happy. Right. Yes. Everybody need needs sparkles. to be jazzle. Yes. yes. <laughs> what? No, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Melanie, we're live. Yeah. You can say that. It's in real time. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Jazzle. So, um, for New Year's. (laughs) I'm not showing you that. Oh my god, that could be like a... Could you get... A jizzle? No, like disco balls. Huh. Anyway. (laughs) That might be a million dollar idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just not... Oh. need to copyright that tomorrow. Right. (laughs) The next well, innovation in Packer technology. <laughs> wow. Wow. Revolve. Revolving. Yeah. You lost me, guys. <laughs> and what a new um, year it is. A happy new year. How is... 2022. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to do that now. I'll have to at least make a... Uh, I could do that. Anyway. Yeah, concept art. Concept art, exactly. On. Or I, you know, I could just make a, a proof of concept, um, uh, an actual thing, because I've got the the mirror um, material and I've got uh, other things. To yeah, and then we'll, just, we'll send it to QVC 
it's a whole process, but yeah. Oh my god, that would be the best commercial, fake commercial. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, that'll probably be cut out. SNL. You know, I was going to, uh, I was going to ask about the last holiday. How is, um, how is the Christmasing? That good? Oh. <laughs> Not good, yeah. Well, I have some good news. Yeah? Well, I was one of the few who, uh, you know, went home and, uh, one of my family members tested positive for COVID-19. Woo! Is this why you're in the bathroom? Uh, no. Uh, so, not necessarily. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not, I don't have it, okay. as far as I know. I got tested today, or yesterday. And, uh, so, one of my family members tested positive, but they're doing okay. Good. And, uh, it's just unfortunate, and it just shows you how, you know, it can happen to anyone. And, so that was my Christmas but everyone's doing okay right now. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope that yeah. it's safe and Yeah. I hope that yeah, that that's So that is why I'm in my bathroom actually. <laughs> the cases are alarming. I mean, not it's not a cloud, but um just in Monroe County alone, it's almost 90 deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I take it I'm the only one who went home for Christmas. What did you guys do? I... Well, um my family is half Catholic, half Jewish, and I always choose the Jewish side at Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I end up at Mass. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I have the choice of Mass or having Chinese food with my grandmother, my 94-year-old grandmother. Aww. Aww. So that, that's better. Yes, that's better. And this year, she was very excited because the Chinese buffet was open in Plainfield, but I said, are you crazy? You're 94 years old. I'm not taking you to a Chinese buffet. Right. And she told me not to come for Christmas. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Well, you, you probably... was a little angry with me right now, but it's really for her own good. If... Oh. That is... That's a lot of stories. <laughs> but I love Chinese food. It's one of my favorite things. So I, I do love Christmas because I love to eat Chinese food. Do you do, you do Hanukkah at all? Or do you, are you just specific? I have a menorah and I didn't even put it out this year. Oh. That's, I, I'm Jewish-ish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I try to get away with the bare minimum. And then sometimes I don't even do that. But I shouldn't, you know, my rabbi might be listening to this. He'll be there. Oh, <laughs> you're in trouble. I know. Well, are you go to Beth Shalom? Yes. Well, that's oh. the place to go. Well, I mean, your rabbi will be fine. He's pretty cool. <laughs> He's pretty chill about that. He's awesome. Actually, my rabbi is one of my favorite people in the whole world. He's really a wonderful guy. Um, but uh, yeah. So did I answer the question? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Justin, I agree. I think China, for some reason Chinese food is is a Christmas thing for me too. Is it I, really? Yeah, I just always want to eat Chinese food during Christmas. It's so it just seems like, but I love Chinese food all the time. Me too. It's kind of a Chinese food junkie. Oh my gosh, I'm addicted to MSG. Mm. I guess. <laughs> me too. Mm. I love Chinese food. Crab yeah. ragoons. Does tofu. Mm. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I think you had a really, really good restaurant here. But oh, there's one across the street from the the uh, the firehouse. Yep, I've gone there many occasions. Uh huh. On many occasions, I've been to the best taste, and it's pretty oh, good. Oh yeah. But we can't. We can't. Um, what do you call it? Uh, condone places or? <laughs> well, I'm not telling you to go there, but it is pretty good. 
It's just convenient when we're actually all together in the studio. Yeah. I mean, if they condone us, that's a different story. Right. If I start getting some free crab ragoons. <laughs> actually, I've said crab raccoon for so long, I don't. <laughs> it, it sounds weird to hear it called <laughs> crab, crab raccoon. Because uh, <laughs> those are like Kat's favorite thing. And uh, it was adorable when she was little and called him cat. So, and Melanie, what did you do? For what? Well, we haven't heard from Ireland. Oh. Yeah, Ireland. What <laughs> is going on in New well, York? Well, the one thing I did was <laughs> I sat on my couch with my roommate and we drank wine and watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I yes, it was great. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. That sounds it. like a perfect and, Christmas. I like that, too. No wine risk. Movies. Yeah. Limited risk. Perfect. Yeah. Wine is awesome. good for your heart. I cooked some pasta. It was great. Pasta is great. <laughs> you all are making me hungry. I know. I'm feeling really my tummy's oh all growly. You're gonna have to cut that out too, Lucas. <laughs> now Melanie, what did you do? I yeah. well so because of uh custody agreements and stuff, um, Christmas was never really something that we had at the house with Kat. Um she she I'd had a couple of Christmases uh with her recently. Um and then this is the first Christmas after after Angie was killed. So um Kat really wanted to put up Christmas stuff and kinda have that um continue that tradition that she had there. And uh so we did. And she also wanted to go to they go to uh or they went to the Unity Church up in Indy and um she wanted to attend a service there on Christmas Eve. So we went up, but unfortunately both Kat and I take like three hour showers. Um, <laughs> so by the time uh, both of us were done, we got there late. Um, but she still got to see the people and, um, and her friends. And then we went to the circle uh, in India and they've got it all lit up and they've got Christmas music playing and they've got, um, a whole bunch of people in carriage rides and, and, um, so we went around and took some pictures and there are a whole lot of homeless people there, um, sleeping right on the circle. And, you know, that kind of <laughs> brings that whole Christmas story, right? Down to, um, no room at the inn. Um, and these folks, it was so cold. It was so frigidly cold and they're still outside. And there weren't, like, heating areas. There weren't places where they could go and keep warm. And um, they were just under piles of blankets. And so that was... Um, it's rough, you know? It's it's rough to celebrate something and then see people who are suffering who, who aren't celebrating. So it was more of a recognition of the season and a commitment to do better um, this year to help people out who who aren't as fortunate as, as we are. Um, so there was that. Sorry to depress everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, it's depressing. It's happening no, in Bloomington. Yeah. And I've, we've been thinking of, yeah, it's happening. in Bloomington. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, just thinking about it. Cause I don't know if we've talked, we haven't talked about that yet on the show. Um, and you guys probably know more about it than I do, but it, it will. And it's happened. It's everywhere. And this year has been really years. rough for people, you know, uh, you know, they've kicked everybody yeah. out of People's Park and Seminary Square. 
I was wondering what people thought about that. I thought it was sort of interesting that during Pence's visit, you know, they got rid of everybody in Seminary Square. Is that? Yep. Do you oh think my God, yeah. How about that? Do that, or is it just a coincidence? Not a coincidence at all. I think Pence should see no. happening. I um can't understand why anybody would want to impress Pence at all. I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, especially Bloomington. I mean, really. But again, especially our democratic, you know, governments, it, it, we should be showing him what it's like. I'm I'm going to refrain saying words that I shouldn't say on the radio, but um, I I really don't care about Mike Pence at all anymore. I'm really over the performative liberalism of. Uh, Bloomington, where people say one thing but do another, or completely ignore human suffering. I mean, this is not a, a, a huge it, problem. Here. It's not an issue that should even be here. And one of the first things, and I, I did say this um, when they first kicked people out of uh, Seminary Square. Um, and one of the first things that happened when we were here that I remember was I got I got a text, and we were living in uh, Crestmont, up on the hill. And we were lucky to get in there. It took us several months, and but we had a place to stay, and it was affordable. And near us, it uh, you know, it was the Ninth Street Park, Reverend Butler Park, and kind of in between there was the there were the woods. They had a path that Kat and I would walk through. There were um, houseless uh, people who had set up camp in there, and they'd been doing it for hundred years, uh, according to some people in the area. And, you know, it was, it, they were just woods beside the railroad tracks and they had campfires and they had places set up where they were safe and they were housed and they had, um, tents and their belongings. And, uh, I get a, a text on Easter morning of all things saying that the uh, camp was being raided and the tents were slashed and thrown away. All the belongings that couldn't be carried were confiscated and thrown away. And, um, then, and that just gave me kind of a a heads up as to what, you know, the new home was going to be like, here are these people who are, you know, they've, they've got, where where are they going to go? And now they don't even have shelter and, uh, they're just tossed out because people don't want them there. Um, but who, who doesn't want them there? They weren't even, you know, there, there's an argument, oh, well, we can see them. And I'm using them and air quoting at the same time because there is this uh, desire to separate people. Um, and they're, they're our neighbors. They're fellow citizens of this town. Um, they're part of our community. And, and some of us have experienced homelessness. A lot of LGBT people experience homelessness. Um, we're uh, 30 to 40%, depending on the age group, of the homeless population in the U.S., which is kind of astounding, um, but not surprising. So anyway, we don't treat our fellow citizens very well in, the, in that. And I'd, I've heard arguments, oh, well, I donate to or I, I've done this, but um, the drug use or the the danger or the whatever. And honestly... I've faced more danger in this town from people who had homes um, than than those who who don't. Mm-hmm. That's a, a really good point. 
So, absolutely. You know, and these are people who consider themselves we're we're good people. You know, they'll they'll pull out um, their morality and and say, I I do these great things and and whatever, and then at the same time are falsely claiming uh, that somehow these people deserve to be treated poorly, to be um, uh, denied the right to exist anywhere. And because, you know, there might be mental health issues, there might be substance abuse issues and stuff. And and, and that's just contrary to everything I was ever taught as a kid, you know, uh, and growing up. Well, it always amazes me, like what you said, Melanie, on Ninth Street Park, they got rid of the the homeless people during Easter and it was the same that they did it during Christmas mm-hmm. very square. I don't understand. <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean, if you are a good Christian or whatever, I mean, is this what Jesus would do? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Not. I, I don't remember um, anywhere in, in the Bible, anybody talking about Jesus's crib, you know? Um <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> uh, they kind of like moved around a lot without a base of operations, and um, you know, and there were apostles that had homes, but it doesn't talk about Jesus's home. It doesn't talk about uh, any performance that people had to have um, in order to be respected. And if our town can't muster enough uh, empathy to at least just let people exist where they're at um you know take away the the happy fun uh liberal moniker for the city because that it just doesn't exist and for all our listeners out there who are cursing at me right now um i hear you and it's tough to hear these things but it's true go out and talk to folks go out and meet people meet your neighbors who are less fortunate. They've all got stories. They've all got lives. They're not those people. They're not that um, Reagan era image of um, the drug user who chooses to do these immoral things and therefore that they're bad people and they are undeserving of compassion and help. Um, Anyway. Do we have any good news? We have... We have good news. Um, we need to look for some, I guess. <laughs> no, there's there's good news out there, uh, even amidst the bad. So there, on uh, Christmas, um, is that me that's glitching? A little bit, yes. Wow. Okay. No, it's me. I'm sorry. Um, there was the bombing over Christmas. That's not good news. In Nashville, remember? Did you hear that? Yeah, uh, I was surprised. You didn't hear about it until two days ago. Really? Yeah, and it happened on Christmas. Yeah, um, there the the uh, suicide bomber, which is what he uh, was, um, rolled a RV up in front of one of the AT and T buildings in town. It wasn't the big, tall skyscrapery building. It was the um, it was a, a smaller one, uh, and played a voice that went over and over again, telling people to leave, to evacuate. Um, and then played a little music and exploded. And uh, was it three people were injured, and but nobody was 
killed other than the, the bomber, the terrorist. <clears throat> Which is how I'm going to call it, because that's what it is when you go someplace and blow yourself up and destroy a lot of people's stuff. Um, thankfully, didn't... It's interesting, Lucas, that you... Sorry. No, go ahead. It's interesting that you didn't, that you didn't hear about it for, until, like, now, um, or whenever you said, because, um, oh, if it was not white bomb, you would have heard about it before now. Yeah. There would be a whole commotion, um, yeah. and I think this is what you were getting into, Melanie, about the language we use around terrorists and how we pick and choose, how do we um, who commit these acts of violence. They're all, you know, terrorists. <laughs> um, what was the, there's a family guy meme um, where they're hold, somebody's holding a card up to uh, um, the dad and it, it's a terrorist color chart. And the, the whitest three shades are, um, uh, I've seen different versions of them, like, you know, lone wolf or uh, mentally ill or, um, something that isn't terrorist and then anything darker than, uh, white is, is terrorist. And that is, it's true. I mean, people are saying <laughs> the man who died in the blast, I mean, they're not even saying that he's the one who created it. He's, he's just somebody that died in the, the explosion. No, <laughs> that's not it at all. He's a suicide bomber. He's a terrorist. Um, and, uh, and the people were terrorized, you know, and, and, but in that, uh, in that moment, there were police who were working to help get people out of the area. And, you know, one of them is, and I, I again, with language, um, <laughs> they're calling her the Nashville's lesbian hero. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It, it, it <laughs> <laughs> so this is your good news. Portland. This is this is one of the good news pieces. <laughs> um, I understand when I when I asked for some good news, you told me about the suicide bomber. Well, that was the setup because people haven't really heard about getting that. to the good news. Okay, we're getting to the good news. You had to set it up. The you the people haven't heard about. It, I do have to say. I mean, I, I understand your points; they're very well made. But I heard about it right away. It was like it was breaking news. But I'm also. <laughs> A huge news junkie. Oh, you know I, I'm looking for it. So maybe it wasn't mainstream. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it was all over CNN and Fox and and that. Um, but it wasn't like out there. People weren't posting about it. People weren't uh, discussing. Well, I also it don't know really who the person was until fairly recently. It took them a, a while to track it down. Well, I, what was it? Two days, I think. To, to get a positive idea in, on him. And uh, anyway, here here was a, a little... Because vehicle was playing Petula Clark's downtown. Yes. I mean, it, it was all a very bizarre situation. Well, and his uh, girlfriend told police, what, 16 months ago, that he was building a bomb in the, in the RV. And uh, the police came, and he wasn't home, and they just left. That that oh was <laughs> like okay, end of story. Um, well, he's not home. We can't do anything. Oh shucks. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, did you hear about the woman, the black woman whose home was 
was wrongly raided. They were looking for a completely different home and she was naked and they handcuffed her in mm-hmm. her own home naked yep. in front of the col- police. Um, and it was not the right address. Well, like, I, are you kidding? That's not the first time that's happened. Oh no. You know, I'm, I am so sick and sickened by, you know, this constantly happening again and again and again. It's, um, Oh God, we could do shows and shows upon this. I know we I know. could. We can do I know. It. So, Melanie, I'm sorry. What were you? So, who is the lesbian? I was just gonna. I was gonna bring it up. <laughs> um, her name. <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing. I, I'm I'm reading again, uh, and and it's it just repeats in all of the news articles about her. Uh, Nash uh, Nashville's lesbian hero. Nashville's lesbian hero. And that's just, uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm getting lost in this. Amanda Topping is her name. And she said um, that she, her wife had just called because it was toward the end of her shift. So she was uh, seeing what time she was coming home. And she told her she was about uh, to head to a call that was a little strange. And um, when she got there, her other officers were in the area, six of them, and they drove to uh, downtown Nashville and they, they came upon this scene where uh, the, the RV was there. There had been gunshots initially, and that's what they were called for. And, um, and, and here's this RV, and then it starts playing the evacuate now message. And so the police were trying to evacuate people, and she was uh, walking toward her, um, toward her partner. And when the explosion went off, so she was right there. Her partner was knocked down. She was able to stand up, but, um, but it, you know, she was in shock. But, you know, they were right there. And when you hear stories about people doing heroic things, one of the things that is left out is, um, it, it's just kind of not erased, just not spoken about. We don't think necessarily of LGBT people being heroes in America. Yeah, of course we do because we know better. <laughs> but the general American population doesn't see that. So that that is why they're naming her Nashville's lesbian hero. You know, um, they have to put that in there. They have to add that because, like, isn't that so amazing? Like, she's the lesbian hero. They don't say that the other officers were the straight heroes, right? it's like, oh, she's a female doctor. Well, how's that unusual? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, but the fact is she's there, and uh, and I'm slipping on the name of the man who was uh, on 9-11, who was one of the people in the airplane where they they kept it from um, attacking D.C. when it was turning around to Pennsylvania. Um, You know, he was touted as the uh the gay hero it was it's like this is 2020 uh folks we're here and we're saving people and we are just like you um so that was a nice i guess representation um in a in a sad thing and i wanted to cover the the bombing a little bit because it happened over christmas and um, we don't know the motivation yet for why he did this, what his ideas were behind it. Um, again, I'm thankful that 
nobody in the vicinity was was killed. Um, but we can do a retrospective of of 2020. There were some good news to articles from this this past year, right? Right. Uh, See, you're no. dwelling on all the negative. <laughs> See, I mean, I'm in the bathroom. I'm in my bathroom, Melanie. Some things are very funny that happened this year. I think um, it's very funny about Eric Trump. Did you hear about him claiming to be part of the LGBTQ community? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. That happened? (laughs) He didn't know what he was talking about. Didn't mean to say that. He said that. He like listed. He said he was part of the community, but Uh, then he had to clarify and say he meant you know he was friends with the community and that he has gay friends. He himself is not gay, so Eric Trump, thank God, part of the community (laughs) that we know. But um, was Aaron Trump in his Twitter bio or something like that? You're breaking up again. Sorry. Sorry. Actually, if if you uh, connection, if you cut the video feed, sometimes the audio improves. Okay. All right, we'll try that. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's much better. Okay, cool, cool. What were you saying? Uh, there was something about Baron Trump and how Baron Trump, the little- yeah, he put something in his in his Twitter bio, I think, that was like something about coming out as something. I don't know. Huh? Get up, so I'm not misquoting here. <laughs> I didn't know about that. But then it was taken down off his page almost immediately. But Well, of course. You can't have another Kellyanne Conway's daughter sort of thing happening. What was that? Oh, my gosh. She's that. my hero. Right. <laughs> right. Tell me about this. Okay, I don't so know. Kellyanne Conway's, her daughter, Claudia, is famous on TikTok now because she hates mom and posts about it all the time. She's a leftist. She supports Black Lives Matter. She supports LGBTQ plus people. She's like very outspoken about it. It's very clear that she's in a a really bad situation with her family. And it's honestly sometimes heartbreaking to watch. But like she posts about everything and she'll post like um, like videos of her like it'll be her face. But you can hear Kelly in the background, like telling her what to do, like delete that, delete that post. I can't believe you said that. (laughs) It's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it, love it. And w- but the thing that I I appreciate about her and actually her mom, strangely enough, who I I really can't stomach, um, normally is that her mom doesn't take it down. Right? I mean, she's not. She's a teen. She's not over eighteen. She's not um, legally her own. Uh, uh, person really and her her mom is still allowing all this stuff to to be published yeah well she doesn't like that it's being published but it's no but know, i mean i would like it's that freedom of speech they cling on to so hard and boffo for them you know i just said boffo oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's also so weird because Kellyanne, like so many of these people even trump himself to me, does not seem like a conservative Christian. They're just playing this game for their own gain. Um, and yeah. Kellyanne's the same way. I mean, there's been all of this stuff between Trump and her husband. You know, they hate each other. And um, it's just all fake. Yep. Well, and the fact that people buy that is just... Yeah, exactly. It's, they don't even hide it well at all. Right. Yeah. 
that's um well and, and then you go into the some of the the preachers who support them and and stuff i'm like how do you well, exactly how do you square that yeah i think if you're a preacher or a god-fearing christian or whatever you could never support trump yeah but you're only half christian so you don't <laughs> i've never understood christianity really i mean i understand jesus i think that he's great but um well he was jewish so. he was jewish right so <laughs> so that gets you to you know people who are anti-semitic and christian it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> very funny oh we should probably stay away from that area too we don't get hate mail that i know of do we maybe it's about time we got some i, I would i would love hate mail i oh. just have a facebook group just, that doesn't people like people us people hate me for saying this you know uh, send bad. us a letter and we'll read it on air <laughs> send us a letter <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with a self-stamped envelope and we'll return no this year as bad as it's been there have been some good things and melanie you sent us an article about six victories for the lgbtq community that came in 2020 yeah i mean yeah i mean there there are some really incredible things that that happened um you know the supreme court said anti-lgbtq employment discrimination is illegal and and a lot of this is coming from republicans hold on (laughs) i mean it's sort of like truth is stranger than fiction right now the old rules don't apply you know yep it's uh what's the reverse day or backwards day how's that yeah it is in utah utah of all places and virginia ban conversion therapy LGBTQ youth. Yes, I mean this is like the type of stuff that really I never thought that I would see in my lifetime that we've been working towards since I was in ACT UP back in the nineties. Yeah, uh, but you know I thought you know we'll just keep working at it and maybe for my children or my grandchildren this will be a reality and we're seeing a lot of balls fall and I am very excited about it. I think it's just it's amazing. The LGBTQ community has had so much progress just in the last five years mm-hmm. and even with all the attacks mm-hmm. on that progress it's not easy no and it's it's been brutal absolutely. But, but still what what i think you know turned the tide was um instead of being just jokes and and people who were in those scary uh movies for <laughs> made for school kids um about the homosexual menace and watch out for these people and um, the lavender scare and all of these negative uh, stereotypes that that we had to fight against. We in <laughs> there were trailblazers who um, brought us out and humanized us, mm-hmm. right? And we've become you know just your family members. We're we're the people who who you know. Um, and a lot of people are finding out that, yeah, they're not quite as, as cishead as they thought they were. Um, and that's wonderful too. It's, we're, we're seeing a renaissance of culture and that, that's where the backlash is coming from too. Of course. A backlash is accomplish or accompany anything. Yeah. Has accomplished democracy or its own ends. Um, <clears throat> So the backlash 
is to be expected and it will continue to happen and it's tragic hopefully someday people won't care but you know it's like you use the word lavender i don't know if that's a popular word again now but um you know back in the 1920s that was always a euphemism and uh mm-hmm. it was interesting because i come from actually of uh, a very progressive forward-thinking family or so they think but my great aunt was a lesbian apparently and we found a letter from i think it was 1934 from an unspecified source who chose to remain anonymous informing my grandparents that my aunt was running with the lavender crowd oh my god yeah city she's an artist (laughs) and a dressmaker and they put her in a sanitarium jeez oh gosh because this is how it was dealt with then even by progressive families yeah wow that that word i think in certain places is just tossed about a little too easily um and and yeah and going from from sanitariums to high places high offices in in the country being being out could you imagine apart from barney frank (laughs) in the 90s um or in the early 2000s you know having so many people and and this happened this year too for the elections there's there was a a rainbow wave there was a lavender wave there was a a a wave of out politicians who ran and won and in in sometimes surprising places and uh we have a voice we are we're being able to be authentic in our world and this is something that um i think the gen z kids a lot of them who um and and Sometimes it's it's rough for kids who who can't be out um, because their families are still in the dark. But um, you know, talking to some young folks, they're just like, "Yeah, of course. Why why are you surprised?" Uh, which is how it should be, right? That's how it should it shouldn't be remarkable, and yet it still is. We have to we have to um, acknowledge the precedent setting. Uh, times that we're in and uh, celebrate them, I think. So 2020 has been an awful, awful year in many respects. But I think that um, there have been bright spots that we, we've we kind of had to overlook because of all of the, the pain. And, um, and I, I just think that that's something that Hopefully in 2021, we can look back on and be um, happy about and build off of, you know, the, you know, Biden has promised and, you know, politicians promising um, to include us more. And he has made a lot of cabinet uh, positions available. And um, I, I just I'm left with, despite all of the, the pain, I'm left with hope that we can um move forward strongly in this next year me too and i think i i'm just holding on to the fact that we will and i do think that we will i've been very impressed with a lot of biden's cabinet appointments and so forth uh, not all of them but most right. of them. um so oh God, i'm gonna make sure we're full i'm going to live in my honeymoon phase right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we got obviously we have to make sure they're being held accountable just as much as this past administration um if not more, because we're never going to make any progress 
us if we don't make some major change happen oh, soon. Man. Oh, that's, and, you know, that's dang it. we have to hold them accountable. Absolutely. Always. I, I, that, uh, that has been always. the big thing over the past four years that I just can't, well, not even the past four years. Um, Clinton too. It, um, there's just, there was just no accountability. There, there was, you know, we're bombing these folks. We're doing this stuff and, and you just get to do it. Um, there's, there's horrible, uh, corruption and you just get to do it. Um, and I think that Obama maybe... too. Obama too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and meanwhile, meanwhile, our boy uh, Bernie Sanders is doing a filibuster to try to get a two thousand uh, dollar stimulus. Yes, meanwhile. my man, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> my man. <sighs> that... Never get tired of him. Mm-mm. Isn't that some weird stuff too? I mean, like, right? What? Well, it really shouldn't be this much of a debate. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially when Trump uh, is is the nobody cared about it until Trump said it or whatever. Yeah, and Trump stole his idea to make himself look better. The Democrats are in league with Trump on something, <laughs> for sure. And I mean, um, and it's just Mitch McConnell. And I'm sorry. Can we eject? I I love some of my friends in Kentucky, and I know that none of them voted for the horrible horrible people that uh. Kentucky is is putting into office, but can we disavow Kentucky? Can we, you know, withdraw statehood? I don't know. Is, is that something we can do? I mean, I'd love to do that with Texas as well. But um, and Indiana is not much better, but we're not well, holding the country hostage. Well, what are you talking about? We got Mike Pence in office. That's very true. Uh, He's kind of been ineffectual, though. I mean, yeah, ineffectual yeah, to allow right. a ineffectual enough to allow the virus, uh, the COVID virus, to you know spread around the entire country and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that that was task force. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he also let AIDS, uh, HIV outbreak. I guess, and that's just uh, the needle issue had to do with. Remember. Oh yeah, Austin, which Indiana. yeah, which surprisingly, so a lot of people who don't live in Indiana surprisingly don't know about that, especially young people. And I say this because I made a TikTok about it one time, <laughs> and it was like, guess which state I'm in without, or tell me which state you're in or you're from without telling me which state you're from. Which oh is yeah, like this whole trend on TikTok right now. And I was like, <laughs> so in high school, um, my friends and I would have to go up on the weekends to our state capitol and protest. Mike Pence and his attempts to shut down Planned Parenthood statewide in the middle of an HIV outbreak. And then I was like, I'll give you one guess, exactly one guess, because I thought it was going to be so easy, right? To guess what state I'm from. No one guessed it in the comments. No one knew what I was talking about. So I don't know, which was kind of disappointing because he's like such a monster and we all know that. But I guess most people don't. I don't know. It's easy to hide. Well, and people don't care. They don't pay. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't pay attention to him. I think that was kind of where I was going with that. It's like he he's I was so shocked that he was uh, made vice president because I he was just the last person I thought of. Well, he had to he had to carry the evangelical. Vote. Yeah, he did. And um, he did. He's done a lot of bad things in Indiana. Can we not accept him back? Yeah. <laughs> he will not be governor again, so there's that. Wow. Well, I guess I shouldn't. Yeah, hush. <laughs> uh, 
We'll just uh, <laughs> we'll just ignore it. Okay, moving on. Why just did it all? I think we're out of time. <laughs> You know, I mean, that was just such poetic justice and so beautiful. Sometimes Mother Nature knows what she's doing. And that fly knew what Mike Pence is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Bernie's got that bird. Oh, uh, yeah. the good video. Mm-hmm. He has a bird? Oh. I watch that occasionally and it just makes me cry. The podium bird? Podium bird. Yeah. So you guys are for Bernie Sanders? Agreeing with Stump with Stump Trump. <laughs> no, Trump Trump agrees with Bernie. Jackson. Bernie said it first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it had been a sticking point since the beginning about how much um relief to give, and the Republicans didn't want to give any. And uh they kept whittling away at, at the amount. Well more is always better, but I mean they you know, it's I think more important to get it done right now. And, <laughs> and it's still being held up so and then get them more money <laughs> you know. yeah well and the thing is it's our money it's not it's not the government's money it's not america's money it's the people's money because we are the people of america we are the people who pay the taxes that where the money comes from supposedly yeah, right it's like we're all yeah. like can we have just a little bit of money to get us through this hard time and they're we're like we pay you so much money to live here can we just have a little bit of that back and they're like no no i don't think so <laughs> right i know it's not even funny it's um, really not funny how uh completely like delusional it it is oh it's not delusional at all it's, it seems very delusional it's there there is so much intent there because it's it's insider trading is what it is there's that there's defense contracts there's uh, lobbyists there's a lot of people vying for um the money that we pay into the government for services and and all the stuff that government should be allowing or providing um my question is what are we currently defending our country from question other than covid um <laughs> like honestly are there any countries right now that are trying to attack america like is that a thing i i, I just feel like that's not as big a, a big a deal to warrant 700 billion dollars um oh but need, maybe that's just an increased nuclear program you know like when when did we right. do that since reagan like Oh, that's right. We're the ones that are attacking other countries. Right. I forgot. I forgot. We need to increase. Your We're capability. the colonists. Yeah. Um, it, it. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little heated there. <laughs> so I, I did have a question or a couple of questions that I, I wanted to cover. Um, there's a lot of stuff I think we said that we're getting rid of in this uh, this year. What are some of the things that you're saying personally goodbye to for 2020? And... What are you hoping, dreaming, working toward for 2021? I got to think about that. Someone else go first. (laughs) It's hard to say because this year is such an anomaly. I mean, I would like to get rid of so much of it and not take it into the next year. And yet I'm like all of us. I'm sort of imprisoned by COVID and Zoom and whatever. I don't want to go into 2021 with any of it, but we will have to. I, you know, I, I think that this pandemic is going to go on for some time and it's going to change our lives uh, <clears throat> so much. So, I mean, there are things that I would like to not carry in from 2020, but I think I'll just have to. Um, I hope for 2021 that I'm more flexible and 
which I think I, I think that there have been some good things to this. There's some, been some silver linings too. And it's hard to say that when, you know, there's been people dead and all sorts of things, but I've definitely got closer to the people that I am close to and further away from the people that I'm not so close to or <laughs> don't need to be close to. And I spent a lot of time exploring nature, which you know, to me used to be sort of like, oh, I, I mean, nature's fine, but it's actually been really an amazing experience going out with my dog and finding all of these wonderful trails and seeing all these new trees and learning about birds and things that I just never had the time to do before or the inclination to do. Um, so once again, I don't, did I answer the question? <laughs> it, it, I mean, this is, it's open. So <laughs> I, just I think so. But um, there's been some things that I've liked about the slower pace, the less crowds. I mean, going to the grocery store is a traumatic experience for me now. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I wish that when we do go back to normal, if we do have a normal, that I can adjust to it again. Because (laughs) I don't know if I can. Um, In other ways, though, I really, really miss airports. I never thought that I would miss airports. But... I would fly all the time, like four times a month, and I just really miss it. And I'm just looking- for the TSA pat down. Yeah, well, that's a lot of fun, Melanie. For a guy <laughs> like me. <laughs> no, I um, do miss traveling a lot, but I don't think that I answered the question. Which was, no, I think you did. Perfectly. I think that was a great answer. Was it okay? Yeah. Because I just don't know what I'm leaving behind. I wish that I could leave behind a lot, but you know, I mean, the the new year isn't going to make, you know, all of this go away. It will be a relief though. I always love the new years because I like a new beginning, even if it's just symbolic. Yeah. It's it's a time that you can just be like, okay, this is where I'm making changes in my life. It's kind of like where we're allowed to drop things and where we're allowed to pick new up and um, not just ourselves, but socially too. It'd be like, well, I've got this, you know, resolution or, whatever um and people expect you to make changes at this time mm-hmm. so it's easier lucas me uh nothing just keep trying a little bit and i don't know i've got to ride it out still i really don't i'm not, it's not that i'm not hopeful or anything i am hopeful for the future but i still we still gotta ride it out just uh you know I'm really right now. I'm just waiting to see what the transfer of power is going to be like, mm. and then we're going to be in a new world order. As far as new world order, as uh, I Who is that so, term? <laughs> so right now is is just a waiting period. Even though I know there's a lot of problems right now that are going on, I do want to just like shout out the Bloomington Homeless Coalition because I have. I see the Facebook group and I think they're doing like really great work um, for keeping people alive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really good. Um, That's pretty much the only, pretty much the only group of people in Bloomington who I've really seen stand up and, and do anything, do, do something that's right. And, you know, I don't like, I know about things that they've done. I know nothing of what the city council has done. I've, I don't know any of the names of the people who are even in the city council. Uh, I don't know if they just sit in, in chairs and, and just uh, think that they're doing good work or if they 
actually believe in the power that they have. Um, so I, I just, uh, I'm thinking about power and what it means, mm-hmm. and and I'm waiting because I, like many people, do not know what to do next. So that is to me is a little hopeful, but uh, also a little anxious. I don't want this to be 2022. I want it to be not the sequel. Just <laughs> <laughs> we just called this 2020 and just forget the last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, do over. Uh, it would be cool. That's that's all I could I could hope for. Actually, it's just like uh, for a wormhole to open up and we could just go back. <laughs> Occasionally, I'm just like, man, this is my fault. You know, if I could just go back in time and tie my shoes before I left the house that one day, maybe it wouldn't be like this. Right? Yeah, that was it. You should have tied your shoes. Damn it. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think I would say, on a, similar to what you were saying, Lucas, just the, just, I hope we bring this momentum with us into the new year. We've made so much progress in the past year, even through all the, you know, horrible, horrible stuff that's happened. Um, I can see people's minds are starting to change, at least, and people are starting, some people are starting to be more open to, um, listening to other ideas and new ideas and i'm really hoping that we can bring that hope i guess and momentum with us and just leave behind all the all the oh trash people like trump in in this year (laughs) i don't know is that okay to say trash people i don't know yeah that's (laughs) that's fine you know i i don't have a personal problem with calling people who have uh, been responsible for the deaths of even a couple of people, one or two. Right. Let alone Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands, uh, calling them trash. So go right ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, 2020 has been a dumpster fire year, and that dumpster fire is called Donald Trump. Trumpster. Got the orange hair and everything. Right? You know? (laughs) Oh, Compared to other presidents, both Trump, I... He, he wasn't even a president. He was just a... He was a real no. show. Puppet. Star. Yeah. And a puppet. As you said, Ireland, to mm-hmm. you know, wanted their agendas forwarded to make a buck. Bar. Absolutely a disgrace of our democracy. As far as but, that's yeah, and all the senators who profit off of COVID, they're trash people, too. Oh, they my God. Are, they are trash people, and I think it's fair to call them that. And they should be called that, so thank you. Ah. <sighs> No, I'm only, I'm You're sorry. welcome. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so this year, um, and actually, you know, today's Wednesday. We're recording this the day before uh, airing, of course. Um, today is uh, a five-year anniversary of the loss of somebody who was. Um, it was an accident, and it was it was tragic. And I have friends who are are really grieving, and uh, and that was coloring how I was trying to think of this answer because there's so many people grieving and we've lost so many people and um one of the things that i think i'm leaving in 2020 is this complacency this um um feeling that i'd been getting over the years that you know it it doesn't matter what we do it's it's all going to um, be what it is and we just have to deal with it and um and i was really feeling kind of um defeated 
and and I'm seeing the work that people are doing, that people have been doing to come together. Uh, I've got a couple of friends who have started food banks and um, and who have, are are doing the uh, mutual aid work, and they are they are heroes of the community. They are people who are um, taking care of one another, and they are what I think we should all aspire to be. So I'm, I'm going to try to leave behind me that, uh, sucked into social media and disconnected from the worldness that, that I had been falling into. Um, because people are where it's at and people are lovely. And so many people came together when Angie was killed to, to help out with that and to, um, show their support and their love. And that is what I want to work on in the next year. Um, we're going to be starting up the, the capital campaign for the community center, uh, in spring, probably later spring. And yeah. And, and dedicating ourselves to, to helping as much as we can. You know, we all have talents and we all have, um, ability and we all have at least the people I know, we all have compassion and we need to direct that toward one another. So um, I'm going to try to do that more, uh, a lot more in 2021 and leave that I, me time behind because it's really the thing that I've seen about 2021 is it's about us and it's about the power of many together to do things. And I'm going to fix the squeak in the chair. So that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much Ooh. summed it up that's perfect i mean that's yep <laughs> agree hard agree and i'm sorry lucas for mm. <laughs> this <laughs> cluster mess of a uh editing job <laughs> you want do you want some of this uh blueberry moscato i actually have some eggnog Ooh, some yum yum eggnog for drinking yes and getting loaded on. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer and our co-host. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Lucas Fisher. And I'm Melanie Davis. Remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long boring ride. And happy new year. Good night from your Blooming Out family. <laughs>